When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could with things that were rattling around inside my head and also items of knowledge I picked up along the way. They also called me Padre. So welcome to the Dear Padre podcast where I take questions of the day and try to um, interpret them through my own experience and lens, often through a post-traumatic lens is what I've been doing all along here. And when we come to the day of Pentecost, this is the day of Pentecost 50. It means 50. Penta, 50. Um, Going back to the first Pentecost, which was a Jewish festival that was celebrated every year. But on this particular Pentecost, after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, something really amazing happens. We have the arrival of the Holy Spirit into the Christian community. There's this gap period. Um, Now, Jesus ascended last Thursday. It's been 10 days since his ascension, which tells me something about how far earth is from heaven. Jesus said when he left, he would send the Holy Spirit. So it takes 10 days to get to heaven and then have the Holy Spirit come to earth. Uh, So you have five days of travel, or maybe four days of travel for Jesus, maybe two days of admin, handover, change off, change over, and then back to earth with the Holy Spirit. Um, Not sure that's an established Christian teaching or not, but um, take with with it what you will about interstellar travel and maybe where heaven is. But anyway, the disciples are still gathering in the upper room in one place. They seem to have lost and shaken off some of their immediate uh, trauma responses as they've seen the risen Christ. He's appeared to them, but they're still very isolated. They're still very insular. They're still like in a room and the spirit pushes them out into the streets. Um, They're together in one place. There's a sound like a violent wind fills the entire house. The wind of the Holy Spirit is something that I've thought about a lot this year. For the last year, we've been doing outdoor worship, out worshiping outdoors. Um, because of the pandemic, right away, they said outdoor stuff was safer. So we had already done a lot of outdoor stuff in our little church plant and decided to go further and just move outdoors permanently. Well, today we have to make a rain call in about 40 minutes, whether we can meet outdoors or not, if we're going to meet under a pavilion at the park or at a regular place, which has power hookups and whatnot. It's a little more private. Um, But we've had to make these adjustments every week. And some of these weeks we've had, the wind has been so violent. It's been astounding, like rushing, mighty rushing wind. It's really been mind-blowing how much wind some days have had. As the morning transitions from, you know, colder to warmer or something, there's this nine o'clock or 9.30, 10 o'clock wind that just has destroyed and obliterated microphone stands, Bibles, prayer books, vestments, chalices falling over. I mean, this is serious wind some of these times. But that's the kind of wind the Holy Spirit blows. And the Holy Spirit has blown that kind of wind into our community this year, blown it apart in many ways from the pandemic, but also blown it together and out into the world in a deeper and fuller way. Every one of our people have been on the front lines 
of COVID-19 ministry in one way or another, caring for their families, caring for their relatives, caring for their neighbors. During the Texas freeze, caring for each other, getting the supplies to each other. They've, they've, the Spirit has blown them where, wherever the Spirit has wanted them to go, which um, that's the first hallmark of the Spirit. The second is these divided tongues of fire, these little split tongues of fire that alight on everyone's head. Um, kind of a weird sign, a weird sign to see on each other's head, but it's that fire of the Spirit that burns through the impurities and crap of life, the facade of exteriors, the false fronts that we put up. The Spirit means we can be real with each other. The fire is burning in us, and we can no longer cocktail talk our way through our spiritual lives. We have to embrace the real stuff that's going on. One of the communities I work with is called Accidental Impacts. It's a foundation that cares and brings people into fellowship who have killed accidentally in car wrecks, gun accidents, you name it. Um, we have people in our group that have had that experience. And these are the not the victims of violent accidents or tragic accidents. These are the perpetrators, people that would be technically at fault. And being around these people, which I am one of them, has been incredibly moving and incredibly sobering and chilling um, to see the kind of things they have to live with every day, to see the ways they've had to overcome and, and, uh, and continue to live in spite of the shame and the silence that they've experienced. And so um, in this community, I can see it too. I can see the spirit moving. Um, they, you can't bullshit this community. When I speak to them, you can't tell them platitudes. They've heard them all. Um, what you have to tell them is the real honest truth about life. And that is true for every single human that's alive. We need to hear the unvarnished truth of life, that there is death in this world. There is so many deaths. There is so much destruction. And yet there is also resurrection, that the power of God working through Jesus Christ raised him from the dead. And so too, we shall be raised from the dead, not only in the age to come, but even now as we experience the small deaths of life, the disappointments, the failures, our own failures. And so this fire that burns, the fire of honesty, a fire of accountability, a fire of justice, and they go out into the street and they preach this. And the other miracle that happens is that everybody hears in their own native tongue, their own native language, their mother tongue, the tongue that their mothers whispered to them in their cradles and while they were feeding when they were babies. This is the tongue that they hear the gospel in. And this means that we have to do this in our day too. What is the language that people are speaking around us? The Holy Spirit can help us engage with that language. A lot of people made a big deal out of my TikTok videos from two years ago that they were connecting with the youth. And um, honestly, I have no idea what I was doing. I was trying to enter into their joy and enter into their world a little bit. But in so doing, I think the spirit may have had a lot to do with that, that um, in spite of the depression and anxiety I was feeling that summer, which is one of the worst summers of my life, to be honest with you. Um, I was able to have this spark of joy and the spirit led me into that TikTok wilderness and 
I was able to to be part of that community and still am here, still here, um, but much less uh, viral and famous now, but which is better, in fact, um, less pressure. But that's what the spirit does, pushes us into places where we don't know the language, but the language knows us because deep down, deep resonates with deep, deep calls to deep in the sound of your waterfalls, says the psalmist. That in the deepness of our lives, we recognize other people who have gone to those depths. We recognize other people who have gone where the Holy Spirit has led them. And we call them into community. We invite them in. This is what the Spirit does. There is wind. There is fire. And there is language. Language that is fascinating and loving and shows that God loves us in a deeper and deeper and fuller way. And so... The sermon is is quite direct that Peter preaches. It's a, it's about them. It's about the people. It's about him too. He's coming out of the post-traumatic experience of the crucifixion and resurrection. Peter, who has betrayed Jesus, just like Judas did in many ways. He's denied him before others. He has claimed he's not his follower. He is he has felt the shame of the cock crow when Jesus looks at him and he feels that shame. But Jesus has restored him, and now he's the primary speaker in this movement. The places of shame in your life are the places where the Holy Spirit will use you. Those are the places where the gospel makes the most sense. Those are the places that you can see the hand of the Spirit at work. Um, It is hard to know why stuff happens to us, stuff that we do and stuff that's done to us. But this is the way the Holy Spirit works, breathing and blowing and firing us into places where we, where our shame connects with someone else's experience of being human. And that is the place the Holy Spirit meets us. That is the place the Holy Spirit heals us. And that is the place where we can truly have a prophetic vision that God's forgiveness goes to everyone in spite of what we've done or left undone. God's love is for everyone. You are worthy of that love. You're worthy of that love because of creation, because of redemption, because of Jesus, because of this community. You are worthy of that love because of who you are, just being yourself. That makes you worthy of love, being created in God's image, in God's likeness. You are worthy of love. And that is the message of reconciliation that Peter preaches and they respond to it. It's very personal. It's like, hey, you guys killed this person. You killed Jesus. You did it. And he's talking to people who were there in Jerusalem at that time. And he's also talking to himself. He's part of it. He was part of it. And so his his vision and his sermon and all the things that go with it are not some indictment on the Jewish people, as many anti-Semitic people have suggested. But they are, they are, his sermon comes from a place of deep personal shame and forgiveness of saying, we did this, you did this, and now it's time to come home. Now it's time to feel, feel that, resur- that resurrection power in your own life. It's time to find reconciliation and redemption. It's time to join this Messiah King who rules from a wooden throne, who w- rules from the empty tomb, who rules from the heavenly throne where he sits with the Father and the, where he sits in perfect union with the Trinity, worshiping night and day and interceding on our behalf and saying, 
saying our prayer requests out loud before the throne of the Most High. This is where we find Jesus, and this is where we find the Holy Spirit. Um, So I invite you today to believe in the Holy Spirit in your life. Believe that the Spirit is leading you places that you might not expect to be going, to speak in languages that you do not know, and to feel that fire of honesty and vulnerability. Amen.